0: I wish I would have done this earlier on. If I had started this business, I I probably would have been
1: a multimillionaire and retired in my mid-20s. Welcome, my friend, to the Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. And before we get into the show in today's episode, which I know you'll get a lot of value from because we stay out of all the fluffy stuff and we get straight into the good stuff of real estate investing advice. I want to give a quick shout out to today's sponsor, and that's Patch of Land. Uh, They are making this show possible, and they're making tons of flipping projects possible all across the country. If you don't know about Patch of Land, then they are the number one company to go to for uh, projects that you're flipping. Uh, because they have all the money available right now. Um, once you get approved for your your deal and yourself as a sponsor or a borrower, um, you're going to be funded by them. And then they go raise the money through their crowdfunding platform. So you don't have to worry about all that. They'll take care of the, the money and the funding for you. You just have to worry about making sure your project's a success. Uh, they've got something... Really cool for you. So, um, if you are just learning about crowdfunding, uh, they've come up with a guide. It's called the Top 10 Crowdfunding Questions Guide, and they're all the, the questions that you might be asking yourself. And they're all the answers. They don't leave you hanging. They got answers too. All the answers to those, those 10 crowdfunding questions. So you can go to patchofland.com forward slash best ever and get that guide. Uh, and if you think you know everything about crowdfunding, I'd check this guide out just in case because there are some interesting aspects that you'll learn. So go to patchofland.com forward slash Forward slash best ever and get that guy best ever listeners how's it going I'm Joe Fairless and welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show where we talk to our best ever guests about their real estate investing advice that not only their real estate investing advice but the best real estate investing advice that they have we don't get into any of the fluff we get into all the good stuff that is applicable to your business so that you can grow your real estate company. With that being said, we've got a wonderful guest on today's show, Sean Katona. How are you doing, Sean?
0: Doing great, Joe.
1: Sean's based in Huntington Beach, California, and he's a full-time real estate investor, and he started investing in 2009, which is exact. We have a lot of similarities, my friend, because you started investing in 2009 when I started investing. And the next thing about you, I want to tell the listeners, you have over 10 years of marketing, sales, and advertising experience from your time working at Microsoft and EA Sports. I have the similar amount of experience from uh, working at ad agencies, and I worked with Microsoft a lot. They were one of my main clients, so I was in Bellevue, Washington a whole lot working with the MSN and Bing teams. Sean's also currently owns income properties in multiple states and has spearheaded over 50 deals from renovations to new construction I'm going to be curious to know how you got into such a a variety of different stuff. And he's been, uh, he's a world traveler. He's been in over 30 countries across the world. And you can visit him at simplifiedproperties.com. There were 690 likes until I went to the page. and Now there are 691 likes. So be 692. (laughs) Sean, with that being said, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now? Yeah, would love to, Joe. You pretty
0: much nailed it on the head there. Uh, we're done here. We can shut this one down. That was terrific.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for being a guest on the show, and we'll talk to you soon.
0: <laughs> yeah. Thanks again for having me. Uh, it's, a, it's a pleasure to be with you. So originally, I'm from Seattle. Uh, that's a small fishing village in the Pacific Northwest, for those of you who haven't had a chance to travel up there. Uh, I studied marketing and technology at the uh, business school at University of Washington there. And like you mentioned, accepted a job with Microsoft coming out of school. So that led me to do almost 10 years of advertising and media sales at Microsoft and EA Sports. And kind of along that journey, I got excited about real estate. And like you mentioned, in 2009, ended up buying my first property basically with a a commission or a bonus check that I'd earned and looking for a place to park that capital and make a return on it. The intention was for that to be a rental, but that actually turned up to be a better flip. And so sold that deal, rolled that into another rental property and kind of chugged along there for a few years. 2013, I got a little bit more serious about the business. I had saved up a nest egg, if you will, had enough passive income coming in and a couple deals under my belt where I thought I can probably make a run at this full time and was kind of thinking that I was actually leaving money on the table by not committing to this and doing it kind of on the sides nights and weekends. So since then, I've, I've yeah, as you mentioned, had my hands into a lot of different types of projects, everything from little mobile homes to cosmetic fixers, uh, major gut jobs, and even dabbled in a bit of new construction where we scraped a lot and built from the ground up. So Today, we're at the point where I've passed the, the 50 deal mark, which is an exciting milestone. My business has been on basically the pace to double each year. And it looks like we're going to do so again this year in terms of the volume that we're doing. At the moment, we've got about 15 projects in the works that are either listed for sale or under construction. So that kind of brings us up to, to current day.
1: Wow, so many things to, to ask you about. I guess first, just I'm selfishly wondering when you were at Microsoft and you were se- you were in the advertising and media sales, what were you selling?
0: Yeah, uh, so I probably worked in one of the coolest teams. It was kind of a hybrid of the Xbox and the MSN team. So we would sell in and around game advertising packages to basically the fortune 500 marketers. So imagine the movie studios down in Southern California, uh, or the foreign automotive companies, we would do really cool integrations using that intellectual property.
1: Do, uh, what have you found if any skills or different things you've learned in Microsoft and EA sports days? Cause you're, you're working with some of the best of the best marketers that you've applied to your business now.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, And and it turns out that I think marketing is probably one of the key differentiators of success for folks in the real estate business. And yeah, you you see a lot of the ways that the, the biggest and the best in the world measure, track their success And so a lot of that terminology and the methodology that they were doing that came pretty naturally just because I was talking to them about how they solve those problems. So that was probably one of my key strengths getting into this business that and being in sales, being able to talk to people, understand their needs, their problem and and create a solution that was a win win for both parties.
1: So let's talk specifics because I heard you, but I want to get more specific. So terminology and methodology and kind of hearing needs. So what specifically that you can identify that a best ever listener can pick up and apply in their business from your marketing background was helpful?
0: So one of my top lead gen pillars right now is online ads, predominantly pay-per-click advertising. So that's something that many, many of our clients were doing and, you know, learning things about cost per click, cost per lead, cost per acquisition. uh, Those are all important metrics to know and to understand and to, to be able to produce a steady stream of leads where... You know, we can really crank the advertising budget and have, have a lot of deals coming through our pipeline where we can cherry pick the best of the best and still figure out how to monetize as many of those as possible. So you could argue uh, you know, that that familiarness with pay per click advertising, uh, even some of the search engine optimization, building brands and, you know, positive perception are all things that really carried over between the advertising world and real estate.
1: Yeah, that's that's really interesting because usually when I talk to a guest, the two things they mention as as far as getting leads is direct mail and bandit signs. Very rarely do we get the pay per click uh, answer. And so, what what can you tell us about you know the terminology and you know you mentioned cost per click, cost per lead, and cost per acquisition? What are some things that you think the best ever listeners should know that have helped you about your knowledge with that stuff?
0: I think if you think about what people are doing today, you know, they might go see a bandit sign in their neighborhood that says we buy houses on it, and then in turn go to Google and type that number in, or excuse me, type that term in because they didn't remember what your phone number was. And if I can do pay-per-click advertising and capture that person who maybe someone else put a bandit sign up, I'm closer to their, you know, point of purchase and making that transaction decision. So you can, in in, in a sense, steal, you know, the, the leads that other people are helping to generate. And same goes for direct mail. So they might get a piece of mail from two or three, or in the case you're doing probate or pre foreclosure, 40 or 50 letters coming in. And, you know, they got a whole laundry list here. So they go out to Google, type in sell my house fast. And, you know, if I've done a great job of you know, managing my campaign, that, that I might show up at the top of the list, they click, they come into my ingestion system, and you know, we're the folks that are having a chance to qualify that lead, even though 50 other investors have sent direct mail to their doorstep. And I think more and more now, people are turning to you know, the internet as their first choice for how do I solve this problem that I'm currently experiencing? And so we can be right there answering that question for them.
1: For somebody who has not started their own pay-per-click advertising campaign, what are your recommendations?
0: I'm a big believer in hiring people to do things that they're really, really good at. So I was savvy enough, you know, kind of given my background to, to get into this a little bit myself in hindsight. And what I'll probably do shortly is hire this part of the business out to someone who works on this all day long, every day for, you know, dozens of clients and they can really sit and micromanage it where, you know, I'm touching so many parts of my business now that I just don't have the bandwidth to individually do that. Uh, So, so find somebody who's really good at that, you know, do a a search in your area and see who the big advertisers are. Um, See, if you can figure out who's helping them to run those campaigns and, you know, reach out to folks in your community, who you can see they're getting results based on what's happening in, in, you know, the live searches.
1: How much do you think it would cost on a monthly basis? What should, what should
0: we budget? Beautiful thing is that you're in complete control of that. So you can say, I want to spend no more than, you know, five bucks a day and two bucks a click. And there's, you know, many folks out there spending tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands a month uh, if you're, you know, a major enterprise. So uh, I started slowly and kind of grew organically. My ad spend kind of doubled as you saw, you know, my business did. And so as, as more revenue was coming back into my business, I could pour that into more marketing. And that's that's really what's helped, I think, spur most of our growth.
1: And how much would we have to pay someone to do it on a monthly basis, generally speaking?
0: You know, that varies so widely. I think if you were really resourceful, you could find someone, you know, overseas or online that would do it for just a, you know, a nominal fee. And then I know a lot of folks kind of domestically that would charge four grand a month to manage that for you. What's a nominal fee? I think you could find someone who's really talented with pay-per-click, you know, at 20, 30, 40 bucks an hour. And it wouldn't take them probably more than five hours a month to manage a really high quality campaign.
1: Where would you recommend finding people? I've
0: used Elance a lot, and Odesk. I think those have now merged to become uh, Upwork. But any of those online sites, and, and you know, take a close look at their portfolios see the clients that they've worked with and go look at those client sites and their SEO and their pay-per-click advertising and see you know, how well they're ranking. Interview them you know, extensively to make sure because you know, a bad vendor, you, you can take, it can take a bunch of vendors to find someone who's really, really good at what they're doing.
1: And when you hire someone, how do you know if you have, you know, kind of no experience in managing pay-per-click campaign before? And you go on Odesk, which, yeah, it, it's I use Odesk uh, for some stuff that I do, some uh, Twitter stuff. So uh, yeah, it has merged into what is it, Upwork? Is that what it's called? Yeah, I think that's the new <laughs> yeah, brand. I think it's yeah, I think it's new new brand. If you hire someone off of Upwork or Elance or whatever and you pay them $25 and you think they're, they're, they're good. And it's been a month. How do you evaluate? What specifically do you look at to determine if it's, if it's working or not?
0: So with respect to pay per click, I think, you know, the most important things would be click through rate. And, you know, I I think beyond that is really cost per lead or even cost per acquisition. And so, you know, when I'm talking to my peer group, you know, I'll I'll hear numbers like, you know, a thousand bucks per lead that's coming in or per converted deal. Uh, I know in some markets in Southern California, I've heard figures as high as 7,000. And that's, you know, on their total ad spend. But those are the metrics that I would want to track you know, week over week and month over month and say, hey, can we drive down that cost per click or that cost per lead that's being converted? Can we build more efficient websites that maybe Google gives higher ranking to and then we get better pricing on each of those clicks? So those are the metrics that you would want to kind of grade that that individual or that company on.
1: That's awesome. thank you for, for giving us a, a very very good crash course on that. Now, now let's talk about your 15 projects you have in the pipeline right now. What's your main focus? I would
0: probably label myself as a, as a redeveloper or you know a flipper in, in other terms that's the core division of our business when we're getting overloaded with property or have something that's kind of outside of our favorite neighborhoods we would wholesale some of those deals out. So that's another revenue stream. And more recently, um, a lot of those leads that are coming in are just better suited for listings. And so that's that's becoming a, a revenue stream as well. But those 15, you know, range from cosmetic fixers up to full gut renovations. At the moment, they're all located in Puget Sound uh, in Seattle because I was living up there for the last 12 months before just relocating back down to Southern California. So That's the majority of our our business and our revenue stream.
1: When you look at a deal, I mean, they're all located, you're in California, but the properties are in Seattle. Where are your team members located and how many team members do you have? Great question.
0: So I have three full-time staff now or team members, a director of acquisitions, another acquisition manager who's really kind of the frontline sales force. And then a rock star operations manager who's really making sure the trains are all running on time, measuring the metrics, you know, being the first point of contact for our contractors, making sure that nothing's fallen behind schedule, so he's taking care of payments. And so that combination of those three skills uh, has really allowed me to, to continue to grow and run this business remotely. Uh, I think about things now like raising capital and how do we continue to double, you know, what's the, the 2.0 version of this business going to look like and what are we going to be doing, you know, hopefully two, three, five years out.
1: And you're focused now with raising capital and, and doubling your business. Uh, what, what are some of the things that first, how are you financing the current deals? And then do you anticipate that way of financing in the future or are you looking at other ways?
0: Yeah, uh, actually, great question. So at the moment, uh, we've got, you know, a few million dollars in assets under management, most of that coming from private lenders that I've had a, you know, working relationship with for years and years, really before real estate. I think friends and family. And from there, it's kind of grown on a referral basis to other people who are excited about the work that we're doing and, you know, the quality of investment that you get when you're secured by real estate. I think going forward, uh, you know, we've attracted the attention of some smaller regional banks that see how well the business model is working. And so we'll be able to get cheaper costs of money, I think somewhere in the the 5% range, probably with one or no points uh, to be able to flip a house because we've got the track record now, you know, the cash on hand and everything that a bank would want to see when they're making a loan that they're well protected. And. And then, you know, maybe going further out, uh, a lot of folks have expressed interest in, you know, kind of investing in the company itself as opposed to just individual deals. So that might look, you know, more like a, a fund or something that you'd see on the commercial side, possibly utilizing a, a, a PPM or, or something along those lines. And I'll leave that to the the attorneys who are much better suited to figure out the actual structure. But that's probably the direction that we're headed, and you know, I want to continue to to be a, a resource for the right folks to be able to park money and and get great returns.
1: What is your best real estate investing advice ever? Awesome question. I think it's got a a few prongs
0: to it. I wish I would have done this earlier on. (laughs) If I had started this business, I I probably would have been a multimillionaire and retired in my mid-20s. If I did it at 18 or something like that, I think you need to treat it like a real business. Um, I was certainly doing this on nights and weekends in the beginning and not doing a lot of the things that you would if this was selling some sort of widget. And so looking at it through that lens, looking at it through the lens of, you know, what's the exit strategy going to be? And can you remove yourself from this equation and still have it continue to work well? In the very beginning, I think it's critical to be focused on revenue generating activity and making sure that you have cash coming back into the business to be able to feed your marketing and cover some of your operating costs, like any other startup. And, you know, the key to our success today is making sure that we have a steady stream of deal flow, and a lot of capital in the pipeline, uh, and then keeping those in balance. And so uh, marketing is a a huge piece of that and making sure that we've got great relationships and a reputation, really, that people want to do business with us, both on the sell side and, and the fundraising side.
1: When you talk about the exit strategy and removing yourself from the equation, how are you doing that with your current business? That
0: philosophy or that mindset came from E-Myth, the book that I'm a, I'm a huge fan of. But the idea that you know, there's a lot of functions inside any company where you're going to be a technician, you know, versus a manager, versus an entrepreneur. And so, in the beginning, obviously, I was doing all those roles. But as the business grew. We were able to kind of define, you know, what does this function do in this company and then hire someone who is really, really skilled at that, which, you know, freed me up to to focus on, you know, bringing in the next person or handling the managing side and getting up kind of to that entrepreneurial spot at the top. So that has been the catalyst to growth. If you are the one person doing everything, then it's going to be impossible for you to scale.
1: You ready for the best ever lightning round? Let's do it. All right, let's do it. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. Crowdfunding. You've heard about it. Now it's time for you to learn about it. Our best ever sponsor today, Patch of Land. They're the leading expert in the crowdfunding space, and they've got all the answers to all of your crowdfunding questions. Go to patchofland.com forward slash best ever and get your copy of the top 10 answers to the top 10 crowdfunding questions. That's P A T C H O F L A N D.com forward slash best ever. Best ever listeners, we've got a treat for you. Our, our previous best ever guest, Pat Hyben, you can check out his episode 310. It's titled Renting to Section 8 in College Students and all you need to know about it. He's got a special treat for you. And I would listen up because if you listen to that episode, you, you'll notice the very first quote, uh, the intro to the episode is, he talks about how he makes $50,000 monthly um, and his expenses are 19000 through real estate. So he knows what he's talking about. He's got a special offer where if you're interested in taking your business and success to a whole new level, go to his uh, his website. It's hybendigital.com forward slash six-step audio. That's hybendigital.com forward slash the number six-step audio and you'll get a copy of Six Steps to Seven Figures by Pat Hyben, who is also a best-selling author. So you got to go check that out. Sean, what's the best ever book you've read? I think one of
0: the most impactful is Contrarian Playbook by Manny Koshpin. And the reason for that is it really opened my eyes up to the world of commercial real estate. And so that's one of the, I guess, adjustments or additions that we're going to make to our business is to start to do a lot more Marketing and pursuing larger projects and bigger buildings, so that's huge. For those of you who are doing residential, take a look at that book and and consider what might be one deal, one time in commercial can literally change the game forever. And I got to throw one more in there. More recently, I just finished up a book by Vern Harnish called Scaling Up, and it's basically implementing the Rockefeller habits and just has so many smart ideas about how to build businesses, measure it, scale, track the right things. I think I highlighted that book more than any other book I've ever written. And I know I'll spend a ton of time over the next weeks, months, and even years implementing those, tracking those, and that's, that's gonna be a key factor to how we make a lot of our decisions going forward.
1: I'm officially going to read Scaling Up because so many people have, have mentioned the Rockefeller Habits and uh, on the show, and I haven't, I still haven't checked that out. I am officially going to do that. And the Contrarian Playbook is a great book. Highly recommend that one. I've, I've read that, and yeah, he, he it really does talk about the power of of uh, not only commercial, but then also leveraging one deal to get into the other deal.
0: Yeah, and I think he uh, he has a really interesting philosophy that I subscribe to, and he's always buying at a discount, bringing something up to full value, and then unloading it on the proper cycle, and then rinse and repeat. So that really allows you to compress the time frame of, of uh, amassing substantial wealth a lot faster than doing maybe some of the more
1: conventional approaches or just straight buy and hold. Best ever personal growth experience and what'd you learn from it?
0: Boy, I would actually say quitting, you know, my six figure sales job, I was terribly scared to do so. Uh, you know, I think there was so much uncertainty and fear with leaving, you know, a known thing behind, but so much growth that had to happen with starting a business and going out, you know, into the world and saying, you know, I'm only gonna eat, you know, what I kill. And that that made me grow in so many ways and so many dimensions and you know, I realize now that A lot of my time is spent learning and spending time with people and growing in ways that I was just never accustomed to working in in corporate America.
1: What was the eat and kill quote that you just said? (laughs) I want to write this down.
0: You eat what you kill. And you could argue that sales is the same. But, you know, if I'm not taking down a deal and we're not creating revenue and profit, uh, I'm not getting paid.
1: I love that. I love, love, love that. What's the best ever success habit you practice?
0: Recently, you might argue it's it's from scaling up. Uh, we just started doing the daily huddle on our team. And so in 15 minutes, each individual goes through what their next 24 hours looks like, what their key metrics were for the previous day, and then any stucks that they've got going on in their specific aspect of the business. And so that really quickly brought to light a lot of the things that were going on that we could solve fast and make everyone else more productive. So we're focused on, again, bringing in more revenue.
1: Oh, I love that. Best ever project you're most excited about right now?
0: So my best ever project, I actually early on did a wholesale deal down here in Southern California where we did a $48,000 assignment and I probably had about six hours of time logged uh, into that deal. I actually collaborated with another guest on the show, Tim Gordon, who helped to facilitate some introductions. But Oh, yeah. San Diego, right? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, if you look at my in- income per hour, that was probably my best ever. Uh, in terms of the most lucrative, I did a joint venture with a friend where we did a major gut plus new construction in LA. and that deal produced over 300 grand in profit in less than a year. So that was a fun one too.
1: Best ever way you like to give back? I would say that's through, through mentoring
0: and and maybe coaching. Uh, you know, I invested heavily in, in my education and went through some expensive coaching programs. I continue to do so, but, uh, I spend a lot of time with folks who don't have as much capital or cash at the time to invest in themselves. And so, doing that uh, just to, to give them a shot at you know building something that's
1: going to be life-changing for them. What's the best ever project you're most excited about right now?
0: What I'm most excited about right now is definitely commercial real estate. So looking to take down bigger projects. Uh, I'm hitting it hard every day looking for distressed retail uh, or shopping centers and apartment buildings up and down the whole West Coast. So looking, looking to take those down and uh, turn something crappy to happy. Best ever quote. You know, I don't know who exactly came up with this, so would love to have someone help me track this down, but... We can just say you did. <laughs> that sounds good. <laughs> Set a goal so high for yourself that you can't achieve
1: it until you become the person who can. Oh, I like that. What would you say is the biggest mistake you've made in real estate? You
0: know, we've had a few deals that, you know, were slim to no margin and I maybe lost a little bit of money on. Um, But that's going to happen, especially if you're doing volume. Like it's just you can't bat a thousand throughout your whole career. I think if anything, it was waiting as long as I did to start my entrepreneurial journey. I think I alluded to it earlier, but had I done this, you know, maybe coming out of high school or college, uh, I probably would have been retired a long time ago. And I don't know what that retirement looks like, but this is a, a business and a platform where you can create so much wealth in such a short period of time. It almost, it almost seems silly that I worked for the man, if you will, for as long as I did, but it was fun.
1: And I, I think you would probably agree that the skills and the connections and the friendships that you made through your marketing and advertising and sales experience are definitely bearing fruit right now in your real estate career.
0: Absolutely. and in, in fact, a lot of those people are actually plugged into my business now. They, they invest alongside us as a, as a great place to park some of their capital.
1: Yep. We have very similar paths where the marketing advertising folks that I know through my career are, are doing the same thing with me. That's, it's very interesting how that happens. It's a win-win. It's a win-win. It's a win-win. What is the best ever place to reach you?
0: Probably go out to my main website, uh, simplifiedproperties.com. Uh, my contact info is up there, my, my LinkedIn. Uh, you can even book time on my calendar directly uh, if you go into the about section. So that's a good spot. Otherwise, Google Sean Katona and I'll pop up on LinkedIn and Facebook and all that good stuff.
1: Well, Sean, what a what a great conversation. Thank you for, for being a guest on the show and talking about you know your your expertise in marketing and sales and advertising and real estate. and I mean talk, you know how it applies to real estate is specifically on the pay per click advertising angle where you know paper cost per click, cost per lead and cost per acquisition are the three metrics that we really need to be taking a look at. How to start it up. If we haven't, if we don't have that going on, you know, just go to Elance or Upwork, Upwork or some other website like that. Or find someone you also mentioned, find someone locally who's doing it and who's doing it well for other local companies. It just depends. But find someone you can pay them 20 to $40 an hour upwards to $4,000 for the month. It just depends on kind of who, who you pick and the direction that you go. But the, the takeaway is the importance of it, I think, because as you said, people can be exposed to different marketing materials from different people and then they go online and then we search for it in Google or Bing. I'll give a shout out to our Microsoft friends, Then the, the 18 to 20 percent of people who use Bing. <laughs> then they'll be able to, you know, get your ad and and be able to uh, experience what you've got to offer versus the person who originally had that offline ad. And then, you know, talking about your your company, talking about the exit strategy and removing yourself from the equation as the e mentions. And then lastly, you eat what you kill mentality. I think that's so important. It's so, so important because people I come across Who are not doing this full-time they wonder you know how how do you make it happen well you have to make it happen period or else you starve and if we can if we can replicate that mentality whenever we have a full-time job then watch out because you're going to be out of that full-time job in a hot second because you're going to have a tremendous amount of success because you are forcing yourself and tricking yourself to be as resourceful as you would be if you didn't have that job and and I, I think the, the mentality of if if we eat what we kill and that's the only way we're gonna eat, then that's the way to build your business. And I also like the uh doing the daily huddle thing. I'm definitely gonna read Upworthy too. I'm gonna buy that. Scaling up. Scaling up. Scaling up. Why the hell do I keep saying upworthy? What is what Upworthy something, right? Isn't it a website or something? <laughs>
0: yeah scaling up was the the new version it was originally called rockefeller habits and so that yeah. that's uh yeah yeah 2. Yeah. 0. yeah
1: scaling up scaling up so anyway yeah i'll, I'll definitely be by i ha- and i have scaling up written down i'll be buying scaling up but i'll be googling upworthy too just for the hell of cause it's <laughs> on my mind apparently <laughs> all right well what a what a great conversation sean thank you so much for being on the show and we'll talk to you soon
0: thank you joe it was a pleasure